Hi, Stephen. How are you? Hey, Rob. Very good. How's things with you? Good. So glad to have you in the real talk. You know, it's been quite a quite a year, quite a actually year to date. Actually, I think it's been a year to date since we had this global shutdown. I mean, it's it's amazing where we are today. Yeah, I was just um, we were talking with some of my colleagues uh, just this week, um, and it's been a whole year that I've been working from home, and my my whole career, the twenty something years I've been in this business, it's the first year I've never travelled, never ever travelled. It's bizarre, absolutely bizarre. I feel the pain, and I've been like yourself. I've been traveling for twenty years of my life, especially to, to the United States, Asia, especially really heavily. And I haven't traveled. And I'm like, I'm getting a little frenzied. Like, you know, I have a lot of energy. I'm about to get out. It's kind of, it's hard for us. But of course, we're pivoting, we're moving in. Courses we haven't traveled so much, but I feel like we're even busier than we have ever been. Not traveling. Yeah, it seems that way. It feels that way. It's. Um, I think. I think the. Um, uh, you know, at the beginning of the pandemic, you know, everything, I think people thought it was a bit of a holiday, you know, and people sort of went on vacation and they thought, right, well, I've got a couple of weeks and everything will all be back to normal again. But um, we're a year on and it's certainly not normal, that's for sure. Oh, I know, I know. But, you know, it's just, it's just amazing. I mean, I guess, you know, us being the supply chain, things have changed. You know, the world's changed. And, yeah. you, know, you know, today's talk, talking about all the supply chain challenges that's happening because of the pandemic and the decrease to increase kind of breaking the supply chain. And also, you know, learning a little about, about Rochester and how Rochester is, is helping mitigate these uh, supply chain disruptions and yeah, uh, learning sure. about the history yeah. where you guys, the past, present, future. So why don't you give us a little bit about Rochester and where you guys came from? Yeah, sure. So um, Rochester has, has been around 40 years. And, um, you know, we've, we have started off in uh, Massachusetts and Newburyport um, by the Gerrish, Gerrish family. It was, it was Kurt Gerrish, who was an ex-Motorola, actually, and um, he founded the company. And, um, you know, we're, we're still a family business as well. You know, we're, we're, we've managed to maintain that over over 40-year period, which is fantastic. But, um, you know, Kurt basically saw that there was an opportunity. You know, Motorola were scrapping all of these products. They were going out and, you know, he asked the question one day, you know, what, what are you doing with these products? And they said, well, they're, they're going to scrap, you know, and they said, well, I know customers that still need these products. Can I have them? Can I take them? Can I, you know, sell them on? So he, he started it in his, his garage at home and he started selling these products to, to customers he knew under, under license from Motorola. Motorola agreed to it. So the, the vision that he had at the time of taking what was fundamentally, let's call it scrap, and and making a business out of it and and selling into customers to, to keep supplying to keep them alive, so it was it was fantastic. And you know, um, I suppose the rest is history. I suppose you could say, but we we've grown from there. So Rochester is is a fully franchised organisation. You know, we're we're 100% authorised by more than 70 suppliers that we've got semiconductor suppliers we've got in our line car and um with that you know we we have a huge amount of stockpile right you know we we've got 15 billion parts in stock you know which is which is a lot to count right if you try to do stock take um so you know and basically what that means is that we're we're made up of sort of three strategic areas within the business um one is is what we call active semiconductors, which is semiconductors that are in the market just now that we can sell, right? So we sell those into the market. When shortage happens, this is where we win because obviously we can go out and support not only 
customers, but um, suppliers too, when, when they're having issues. Um, we, we have a huge stockpile of, of end-of-life products, so product that is no longer available in the market space. We currently hold about 10 billion parts of end-of-life product. If you walk into our warehouse, it's like going back in time. You go back to the 1980s where you've got these old Intel products and IBM products. It's, it's fantastic. Um, and then the, the, the last piece of our business, which is a, a growing, really important part of our business moving forward, is, is the manufacturing piece. So we can take dye and manufacture, but we do everything that we do comes under license from the original manufacturer. We, we don't do it any other way. So we work in conjunction with the original semiconductor manufacturer very, very closely. So we're a, we're a distributor, but we're not a distributor. We're a manufacturer, but we're not a manufacturer. So we've, we, we, we hybrid across those, um, those sectors. Well, it's more of a niche kind of business, and it, uh, yeah. I, let's say you know you guys, it's but it's, it's fascinating because just like you said, you have forty-year-old parts and things because there's legacy items, and that's one thing yeah. I, myself I've known as Rochester had a lot of legacy items. They have the dyes, they have the equipment because especially in the aerospace, the defense industries, and some of these very long uh, life expecting long a product cycle product, they need these parts. And of course, yeah. semiconductor companies are just now today are just making things every two, three years or obsolescence is happening. And like, and oh. the company's like, hey, our life cycle is 10 to 20 years and you're obsoleting within three to four years. This doesn't catch up. So that niche of Rochester, I think it's put its, its name in the, in the market to help mitigate that and help yeah. uh, long life cycle components um, help, I mean, support the mitigate that disruption. Yeah, that's right. And, you know, the, the consumer market has driven a lot of this fast turnaround to semiconductors. You know, the, the want for cheaper systems, newer systems. I mean, just look at the, the cell phone market. I mean, it's it's absolutely immense. You know, they're, they, they launch a brand new product and they've also they're already got nearly the next generation of brand new product ready to roll. Um, but also the, the demand for semiconductors has grown and grown and grown every year. And that's another pressure that's put on because... You're right in what you say. You've got aerospace market where they need to, you know, keep Airbus 380s in the sky for 35 years. How do you do that when you know semiconductor life cycles run about seven? You know, and and that causes great pain. So that's where you know we help support those markets where we can not only supply finished goods that we have in stock, but also you know we can we can manufacture product for them that we can continue to manufacture from now until eternity <laughs> yeah. so you know it's, it's a it's a real good business model but you're absolutely right in what you say we're we're quite nice in what we do and and sometimes our, our customers sort of scratch their head a little bit and struggle to think where where they put us in in, in their supply chain um so but it's 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 an interesting market for sure Oh, of course, of course. I mean, so how? I mean, how is your guys' perspective? And what do you see in the current market situation? How are you guys feeling? What are you hearing from the grounds? Your foot soldiers, the customers. What type of what's going yeah. on? So, maybe the best thing is if if we if we look back to where last year, springtime last year, we were all going about our lives normally, and um, and then COVID hit, and um, for us, uh, we saw. A bit of a lull for a for a short period of time, and then and then there was a lot of um, uh, uncertainty with the customers. They, they weren't committed to orders. They, they were unsure about what they were trying to do. People were worried about jobs. All these sort of things that came in, but obviously people weren't traveling. 
people were, were not spending money initially. Um, and the automotive market saw a huge decline in, um, in their own business. And that had, they, they obviously then decided that we're going to pull back in production. So it meant that, that they didn't have a need for the same level of semiconductors that they, that they had, you know, when, when production was high. So they basically canned a lot of their, their supply, which meant that, that people like Global Foundries and TSMC could then fill the gaps with, with other areas. Because what we started to see was, you know, the consumer market, people were buying PS4s and PS5s and Xbox and gaming. I've got a bit, I've got a bit, <laughs> I've got a bit extra cash now because I'm not traveling, I'm, I'm not spending it, I can't go to restaurants, I can't go on holiday. So people are, are buying TVs and there were, you know, all that, you know, cell phones and all those good things. So from a, from a, a fab point of view, um, their production was was kept buoyant. In fact, if anything, it was probably uh, more than than it normally is because of the demand. So we saw that through the summer. Obviously, we we supported a lot of the the medical market um, because the the demand for for ventilators. So we were involved with um, quite a number of the EMS companies and directly with um, medical companies as well, building building ventilators. So, that was great for us to get involved in that and the yeah. fact that we we could su- support them you know we had a, a one particular customer that was building ventilators that they, they basically brought them back to life um because they'd been off the market for a number of years and and obviously there were some key components in there that just didn't exist anymore um but we you know we had stock and we also have the ability to build which means that we can support them we saw that throughout the summer and um, our, our business was quite consistent. And then come the end of last year, um, the automotive market woke, up, woke back up again. And they went banging on uh, the foundry doors and said, hey, can we have our, can we have our, go back to our normal supply, please? And, and they said, well, no, we're, we're full. Sorry, you know, you have to get to the back of the queue. So that caused a, a, a big issue because um, obviously, they, they had demands to meet, and um, the, the, there was a bit of, uh, I wouldn't say panic, but there was certainly a bit of noise created in the market space come probably around uh, November time last year. Mm-hmm. And um, that's when we start, really started to see this shortage thing hit. You know, we, we had our suppliers coming to us asking for support because they knew we, you know, we've got this security stock, this huge stockpile that we can support with. Um, but also, we started to see a lot more noise from the automotive customers themselves. And quite typically, they, they sit behind the EMSs. You know, they, they let a lot of the, the second tier, third tier companies do the work. You know, the, the sourcing, making sure that the, the contracts are in place to get, to get products into their factories in a, a, a very strong just-in-time process. So basically, that meant that, that they were really struggling to find products so they we, we started to interact with them directly so it got very busy rob come november last year it, it became a very different market space yeah i uh, i love how you you know you simplified a lot of information from how the supply chain has come from the medical how the consumer spit the consumer upsurge uh, a lot of also the work from home with computing increasing of demand so a lot of the chip demand and allocation 
was changed from, uh, you know, and the capacities at the TCMC and all the foundries, they moved their capacities to other areas. Of course, we all know technology 5G is also big too. That's a big focus as well moving forward, but also how it transitioned between summer, then getting to Q4 and all everybody's back online. Everybody, the spending is there. People are automotive. And it, uh, I mean, in all honesty, the supply chain broke because um, all the contracts that were in place, a lot of companies as even today are doing force may or com- breaking the contracts because they cannot yeah. supply because I mean, people not really into the, like you and I understand that there are contracts, especially with tier one customers with semiconductor that they need to supply X amount or there's a, there's a penalty if they don't, but right. these, these, these type of things are in the play. It's not even just semiconductors, it's connectors. It's getting into yeah. a lot of things. It's, it's mm-hmm. all through that process, all mechanical, everything, because, um, and as commodity prices skyrocket, yeah. Everything changes. So demand, the supply and demand, um, of course, we're so technology savvy these days, but how does the supply chain break? These are the questions that everybody's like, how did we get here? How did this happen? You know, how did we get here? But not coming to some of these mitigations, you know, I love that Rochester was there to help, especially from the medical side, mitigating that disruption, bringing some companies back to life. A lot of companies were developed. A lot of companies came back to life that were on their downward trend because yeah, of absolutely. the pandemic, which is fantastic because mm-hmm. a lot of, I mean, you know, but of course a lot of the other side is a lot of families failed because, I mean, a lot of companies failed because of it. So yeah. there's two yeah, sides to look at it, you know, in the manufacturing yeah. way, but I love how Rochester was there. I mean, because what you do is that there's a lot of, you know, as risk, there's risk to what Rochester's business model is to stock a lot of those legacy products or stock a lot of the, and, but in these areas, we need companies like Rochester to mitigate that supply chain to get products, life-saving products, automotive, you know, aerospace. These are the things that you guys are saving. You know, a lot of these great saving people, saving lives, moving people, yeah. and supporting also supply chain. You know, supporting the supply chain of com- like auto vehicles or trucks that need to move and move transports if they don't have the components to build because everything is electronics. They don't have those components yeah. to build those trucks. It doesn't happen. Yeah. It doesn't yeah. You know, have the Amazons can't do their job. The UPS fed all that the, they can't do their. Yeah, job. It has a huge knock-on effect all the way down the line. You know, <laughs> all the and this is what this is what sometimes people don't realize because I, I was you know I've, I've got um, a good friend of mine who is in the shipping business, uh-huh. and um, you know one of the big key issues with supply as well is the fact that you know shipping containers were in the wrong place. They were in the wrong place. There was less commercial flights, yeah. so um, they couldn't they couldn't put stock into commercial flights to, to get them backwards and forwards. So there was, there was just a huge blockage that was happening at the end of last year and they couldn't get product through and it was causing absolute mayhem, still causing mayhem. You know, it's, but you know, is what's interesting is I've, I've been reading in some areas where, um, you know, there's there's something, you know, it's like 70 or 80% reliance on Asia for, for a lot of the, the, the semiconductor, the raw semiconductor that comes through to feed the, the rest of the world. And I know that the U.S. is, is th- thinking, right, how do we pull some of this reliance back home so we're not totally reliant on third parties, let's call it third parties, to, to supply these products. So it's, it's making businesses, and even right down to individuals, think about um, how their business works. You know, we'd even seen a, 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 a character change in the way that customers want to deal with us now because... A lot of these guys are now working from home on a permanent basis, you know. So we're having to adapt and we're having to change, um, but more so 
than anything at the moment is that the fact that we can support the, the shortage market is, is immense. You know, we've the amount of customers that we support and help every day, um, and the number of the number of suppliers that we support and help every day is just absolutely fantastic. So that's something that that you know we're working very very hard on, and something that we I think is going to continue for at least the next um, the next quarter. I would say certainly into the second half of next year. Yeah, I mean, I have my prediction. I mean, all the people I've talked to, all the leaders, I think it will go to Q3, Q4. Depending upon the the upsurge of technology, because we have a lot of companies that are the automotive run thing is number one usage now of components because people don't realize that all cars have my, hundreds of microcontrollers yeah, because every sensor, every sensor needs a microcontroller. So these things people don't these are the when you break it down to the micro you realize what's happening and as automotive the EV revolution all these are coming to play. There yeah. more usage these big auto are using of course medical, the consumer, industrial, and everything is being connected. Everything is IoT, the 5G world. So all those need controllers and they need a lot of components on those boards to communicate. And as we move more digital, there's more demand. Of course, we're all in the right business because, you know, next five years, the trend is just skyrocket. But the challenge is is how do we mitigate that? You know, so what are some of the solutions that uh, you guys, I mean, I know you you covered them, like you guys are working with your customer solutions to mitigate the risk and help in that, especially coming to the obsolescence side. Yeah, I mean, I think, I think um, one of the, one of the areas that causes issue with, with the customer side is, is automotive is a good example where they, they run a very lean just in time process. So that means that that they've no stock holding at all. You know the, the things that get shipped to the factory get used that hour, let alone that day. You know they, they get used very very quickly. Right. So it basically means that you know there's no buffer, yeah. there's nothing to fall back on, and that causes major issue. You know obviously because in times of need like we're finding just now, they they've got nothing. So you know that's something that the planning piece of it is important, and we we constantly say this to our customers all the time. You need to plan. You need to plan. You know, we need to think about forecast. And you know, I've been in this business for for twenty odd years, and I, I think I've yet to meet a customer that's very accurate at forecasting. Um, but planning's got a huge part of that. You know, it's it to try and maybe not completely mitigate the risk, but certainly to to reduce the risk. Um, I mean, one of the things that we're seeing from the customers as well is that they're they they, they panic with it and they'll stockpile. And that that causes another knock-on effect in the business as well, you know. And and again, you know, there's always people willing to sell. If you've got a distributor there that's sitting on stock and they're offering good money to to take stock, you know, they they will also be happy to sell it. So it it, it kind of feels like it's a, a snowball a snowball effect. So um, I think there's a there's a big education piece. I think having reliance on third parties, having reliance on uh, you know the very much a fabulous um, industry now, where a lot of the the, the manufacturers are reliant on third parties uh, from a, um, a fab point of view, and that's risky. You know, if something happens, that that place burns down overnight. That causes a huge problem. Look look at what happened in um, in Austin with the weather. You know, the it, a few a few days of bad weather and they shut it down for a week or two weeks. Uh, huge problem. Japan with earthquakes. So it, it's I think. What the industry is really starting to look at now is how we how do you spread that load globally, 
and and what they can do more regionally to 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 mitigate some of that risk. Yeah, I mean, it comes into um, the BCP plan, business continuity plan. You know, yeah. with all these natural disasters, I think they're happening more and more over as, I mean, in, especially in this day, things are happening more and more, you know, earthquakes, tornadoes, floods, you know, fires, you know, pandemics, you know, these yeah. are things are happening in all different regions. And uh, as just like you put it, but supply chain is so lean because at the end of the day, a lot of these companies are public. They want to be make sure that they yep. can maximize profitability. But a lot of companies, as I said, semiconductors has gone fabulous because they rather spend their money on R&D and have someone else handle the, the fabs. And like TCMC, UMC, all these companies, 70% of it comes from two companies. You know, it's and crazy. It's, yeah, it's crazy. It's, it's crazy. And it it's sitting in Taiwan. And, you know, of course, we, the U.S. is having initiatives, but we are not as fast to pivot infrastructure-wise in the U.S. to build. Fact, it takes two to four years you know, yep. Asian countries a little more faster because of regulation standpoint, but um, but these are the the um, the challenges we face. It's like there's a problem. We know the problem. It's just trying to get the solution because there's a lot of investment. There's there's also risk, and just like you said, education is mm -hmm. understanding what needs to play, and there needs to be buffers or companies that can buffer the gap. You can't all the companies, um, of course, big OEMs want to go direct to the manufacturer because lowest price, they have direct access. You don't want yeah. to use a distributor. And, but yeah. the manufacturer tells them, if you don't want to use distribution, you can have a problem because we can't buffer stock. We build to order. Exactly. The distributor or the person representative who represents us could buffer that gap and could put that liability. But the, the manufacturers don't want that. They want to deal with, we all know dealing with OEMs and EMS, this, the weekly, monthly challenges, pull in, pull out, push out. And manufacturers don't have, semicons, manufacturers don't have the time to deal with that. A lot yeah. of the challenges that come into play. So distributor, that's where the service of the distributor comes in to yeah. mitigate that and to help to support, to give them that, that vet, uh, as you call it, the customer value proposition. Or yeah, it's value-added service, isn't it? It's that, yeah. yeah, customer yeah. experience and value-added services that distributor do. So, of course, there's a margin in anything, but that little margin could help um, I mean, it helps improve the supply chain. And that's really where I think companies like Rochester uh, really come to play to help that. But again, as much as you want to educate, it's the problem is executing on the solution to help mitigate that plan. So we yeah. don't end up where we are, you know, and this, at this point, everybody's, there's a fire and, uh, and just putting the fire out doesn't solve it. You need to put the fire out and build a corrective action to not to happen again. But that 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 is also the benefit of you know working with a company like Rochester, where we can we can future proof a lot of of what companies, what what OEM and and even EMSs are trying to do because we we have stock, you know we we can build, and you know if if that longevity of supply that that a lot of these customers are looking for, you know there's there's very few companies out there that can guarantee supply, you know, and and one of the areas that that um, springs up in, in times like this is that a lot of customers then panic and go out to the grey market, right? And they're buying off the grey market, which is risky to, to say the least. But also, you know, that's not a guarantee of any supply, you know, after tomorrow. You know, it, it, they get product from wherever they get it from, they pull it in, and that's, it plugs a, a hole, it plugs a gap. And, and the difference is with our business is that, you know, everything we sell, we know it comes directly from source. And and we can we can supply it and, and support the customer for 
the next 20 years if need be, if, if we can do that. So it, it helps um, secure the customer's business with their customers and obviously helps secure secure our business. But um, I mean, we, we, we are consistently supporting our suppliers too, because our suppliers, are we're not just a distributor, we're, we're, it's a partnership. You know, and that partnership allows us to go support them in times of need, and and you know, having this huge amount of let's call it security stock that, that can help um, you know um, plug some gaps. But it's the longer term. We need to you know we're trying to educate our customers on you know think think more than six months, think more than a year. We we have to think beyond, and and that's where we come into play. And and you know, we we're really striving hard to to educate the market on this. Yeah, I mean, all all those points you hit, um, that service, the added value, educating, making it long-term relationships, going into the supply chain of adding value as being an extension of the, like a procurement partner or in a stocking and a warehouse. You're an extension of the customers, not just buying and sell. These are things are not. You are extension of the procurement to help them. As a care, you can put your eggs in all and buy like 70% could be direct. But that yeah. 30% needs to have just in case you don't put your eggs all in bath. You have that that mitigation plan that you can dive into this 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 supply chain to make sure you can mitigate those gaps. And um, as well as Rochester also has a lot of knowledge and experience in the, from the obsolescence mitigation, all these things that you can add value. So as I said, it's 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 fascinating. I am um, and longevity of Rochester and how you guys have been evolving year over year. It's amazing to see the growth and um, I'm, I'm, I, I'm excited. I'm just so happy to have you on, on the Real Talk to really learn a little bit about more. I've, I've known you guys, but I've never understood, talk to you really, what's yeah. the story and your services. So it's a thank you. I Me, mean, thank you for what you guys done. Of course, we've purchased from Rochester before. So thank you for that. And thank you for the service. Oh, you're welcome. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's been, it's been, uh, it's been great, you know, um, but yeah. And any other thoughts you have for any of the supply chain or the future, any thoughts for what's going on uh, you see in the market? Um, I mean, I think you, you, you hit on it earlier where the, the demand for semiconductors is just increasing increasing you know the, the electric vehicle 5g iot all these buzzwords that that are about you know just mean that, that the demand for semiconductors is, is going to going to increase but again a lot of these products that we're talking about need longer term support uh, i think the semiconductor market is not necessarily going to change in the way that they they create products because the demand is there for cutting edge technology all the time you know Rochester, we we're on the opposite end of that. You know, we're here to to support the the, the longer term piece. I mean, my you know the key message is is planning. You know, people need to plan, customers need to plan. They need to think about what they're going to need in five to ten years. Also, where they're going to put their own resource. You know, do they want their, their highly skilled technical people? You know, um, having to recreate platforms because of obsolescence. Well, no. I mean that that's where we come into it. That's where we can allow their technical teams to consider doing brand new products and we look after the back end you know we 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 look after it like a you know like a, a an old classic car where you've got to you've got to look after it and care for it and that's that's what we're here to do and i think it's again as i say the future's bright um not only for us in terms of what we do but the fact that there's businesses around like ours that can actually support customers in the way that we do means that that we'll, we'll be able to, to do things for a lot longer. And that's something that I'm excited about because we you know, we're, we grow year on year because of this and not because we're a, 
a high demand and you know greedy organization because we're naturally growing because people are really starting to see the worth of, of Rochester and how we can support them. So it's exciting for us. It really is. Well, yeah, I love, I mean, as I said, it's uh, the thought of you guys have done a great job articulating everything that uh, Rochester's done. Um, and, you know, I, we appreciate you. I think the supply chain appreciates Rochester. Every All the customers well, at, do. At the moment, anyway, at the moment. <laughs> at, at the moment, yeah, at the moment uh, and helping that through through the mitigate that supply chain. So I just want to thank you. Thank you, Stephen, for coming on Real Talk. Thank you for sharing the story. Um, a lot of insights. You know, I'd love to have you back on just to, you know, we can do a quarterly thing, catch up what's going on because, of course, you guys have a lot of the uh, people on the ground, ears on the ground, know what's going on, know what the future is, and all your customers, that 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 communication, even though we're at our homes or working from home a lot, we're still engaged and it's just Absolutely. a way just like we're virtually communicating now and seeing each other. So, again, yeah. thank you for your time, Stephen. No, thank you. Thanks for your time. Good to hey. see you. All right. Thank you.